Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie-Weissman, the editor-in-chief here at Modern Retail. This week, we have an exciting new thing. I'm sitting in a large conference room at Shop Talk in Las Vegas, and I'm sitting across from Mark Mastronardi, the chief stores officer at Macy's. I want to talk about his role, what he's been thinking about. He spoke specifically at Shop Talk about how he's thinking about both the role of the store and the role of the workers and engaging them and also just revitalizing the organization. And I also want to talk about Shop Talk and events, because I'm sure we're, we're now sort of in this new space where people like you are going to events again. But Mark, sure. how are you doing? I'm great. It's uh, nice to meet you and, uh, and appreciate the opportunity to, to talk today. Absolutely. So first, can you give a little bit of background about who you are? And uh, you've been at Macy's for a little bit now, right? A lot time. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure. So Mark Mashinardi, uh, I get the great privilege today of, uh, of being the chief stores officer and leading our, our store population across the country, uh, as well as customer service. So I lead uh, customer service or Macy's and Bloomingdale's uh, across the globe. So uh, I this summer will be 26 years oh my gosh. with the company and uh, in lots and lots of different roles. Uh, I've, I've played almost every function. Most of them, I say, as a merchant and then innovation and then um, uh, our lease businesses, our restaurant businesses. And now I'm coming up to about four years in the stores organization. Wow. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you be you started... You joined as the chief stores officer in February of 2020. I Is did. that correct? That's correct. What, so <laughs> talk a little about that. So what what did you think was going to happen when yeah. you joined? Not that. <laughs> so I think uh, for sure that was a a very unique circumstance. So uh, joined on February 1st of uh, 2020 in this role, closed all of our stores on March 17th of 2020, oh and, um, and then opened the first one back on May 4th of 2020, and then all the way until the end of August before we opened the last one. So um, certainly not what uh, what I was expecting, but has been actually quite a remarkable journey. So can you talk a little about what, how you would say the store strategy of Macy's is right now? Is it different than when you first joined in 2020, or is it around the same? Like, how, how are you thinking about it? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, we, we talk about the role of a store that I think today is just more defined. Okay. So much more explicit that we say we're about discovery, convenience, service, and engagement. Like, why do you come to a store? Discovery, number one. I'm trying to find new stuff. I want to see the awesome product that you have. And how I discover that is all different ways. And, and so that is maybe the setup that I have in the front of the store. It's the way that I'm merchandising a department. It might be where I bring a store into an off-mall format, all ways to help you discover the product. The second around convenience is how do I make it really easy for you to shop with me? Um, and that might be around using buy online, pick up in store, same day delivery, curbside. So all of those capabilities that, that weren't there a few years ago um, and are today and now have become part of the customer's routine. Our job is to make sure that when you just want to use the store for a convenience moment, um, that we do that super effectively for you. I think about service. And so we have a destination at our store called At Your Service. Um, that is kind of the hub, almost like the homepage of the store. That That is where we storytell. But it's also where you get some of the most differentiated service that we offer. It's where you pick up packages. It's where you'd meet with a stylist and, and start to build a relationship that can help you be a, a shopper through the store. But it's also how we think about live shopping and how we think about Macy's style crew and the members of our, of our population that represent our brand on their social media platforms, talking about all of the great product that, that we have available. And so then the last piece I'd say is then this engagement. How do you really have the opportunity when the customer wants it to be able to give you expert insight? 
help you put it all together. We've launched our Own Your Style brand platform in March of 2022. We're now coming up to a year, but like fundamentally Own Your Style is about like helping you put it together. How can I put your wardrobe, your makeup regimen, your home? And um, and so when you want that service and that capability, making sure that I've got a workforce that is educated and trained and excited to be able to deliver that for you. Got it, got it. Can you talk, so that focus on those four pillars, is that more of an evolution of what it's always been or is this a, a redirecting, would you say? Yeah, I think I think it's a clarification to, to be a lot um, more explicit that that's what we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. You, the customer, we're always doing some version of that. Yeah. Us defining it more explicitly for ourselves to now say, what does it take for us to be great at discovery, to be great at convenience, to be great at service and engagement? So um, I think it's it's just giving more more definition for the way that that we focus on it. But some of those tools and those opportunities for customers didn't exist. You didn't have curbside pickup yeah. a couple of years ago. So as as new parts of the the shopping journey are introduced, live shopping is another one. Like those things didn't exist before and now they are part of the model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a place to put them in our framework and then the way to to figure out how to get great at them that's what's been most helpful in this model. Got it. Can you talk a little about, it seems like there are two things that stick out with that, which one, you know, when you're talking about uh, discoverability, a lot of that has to do with design and sort of like how you think a store should manifest. Has that has that changed? Are you rethinking, st- you know, store formats? And two, how do you think about um, training staff and also like getting staff involved so that, yeah. you know, because it's, you know, I, I feel like I always think about Macy's as a store where there's been a store associate who's been, you know, I, I've been went to Macy's my entire life growing up, and it was a very specific type of experience. And so, yeah. is that a different experience now, specifically with how you're onboarding associates? Yeah. So I, I think kind of in in two buckets. So your first question of yeah. like format. Yeah. So I'll I'll start there, um, and, and and maybe in twofold. So in the mall format, mm-hmm. um, definitely continues to evolve. Um, it is a different shopping experience, but. It's probably more nuanced to you as the customer. What we've been really focused on is trying to get more areas together with the way that you shop. Mm-hmm. And, and historically, we had a lot of um, merchandise that was placed where the space required it versus where the customer wanted to shop with it. So an example, we, ha- we know dresses is a destination yeah. in many of our stores. And because of that, it was often separated from the rest of women's apparel. And what we are very clear on is that she would like to shop for all of that as close as she can together. She might come in for ready wear, but she is gonna wander into the dress or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Those kind of nuances are are where we've made a lot of in-store model changes. Outside of at your service as a destination, we have invested in all at your services across the country over the last year. They have a full new destination. They have video boards that are talking about what's important to our brand. They have a fitting room. They have a pavilion that is allowing us to highlight new product every month, every week, whatever is either nationally what we want to talk about or at a local level. So there are things in our footprint today that were not there a couple of years ago that would feel a little bit different. The other side of format is off-mall. Mm. And and so that is wholly a different format to say, okay, we've now opened eight market by Macy's 
Those are 35 to 40-ish thousand square foot stores. They are in power centers and um, and they are totally different format. One door, in or out, um, all of the colleagues in that population. It's not a big store. So you can see everywhere, you interact with everyone. It's a little bit more specialty store-like in that everybody does everything. Um, and so that has been a model that to your second question of like, what has changed in yeah. the, the colleague side, you know, we've really, really meaningfully changed the way that we operate a store from how colleagues uh, do their work. And so um, if you were with us a year and a half ago and you came into a store, both mall-based but appropriate for off-mall, um, you would have had a lot of colleagues with high level of specialization. They were discipline experts of their category, their area. That's what they knew. And that's where we staffed them. We made a change a year ago to say, we're going to, we need to be more available for when the customer needs us. And we recognize that the operating side of the business, it changes. It's very different every day. We do enormous amounts of fulfillment out of our stores for our digital business, mm -hmm. things like that. And so some of that is less predictable. And so we need flexibility to be able to meet the customer where they need us. And so we created a front of the house team and a back of the house team. And that front of the house team now works the entire store on the front of the house. And, wow. and you could work in many different areas on any given day, any given week. Um, and that is a meaningfully different experience from a colleague from what you were a year ago. And so that's creating energy for them to learn new areas. It's creating career pathing to grow as you get to experience different parts of the store. You've got much more uh, tools in, in your belt of, of the things that you now have expertise on. And so um, that shift, again, we're just anniversarying one year of that launch. But that is a very significant change uh, from where we were before. So I want to I want to dive into that because that's really fascinating. So for for example, let's say I worked in the makeup counter. Yeah. Does that mean that then I would receive? You know, a year ago I would then begin getting training to understand more about the jeans section, to understand more about the women's section, things like that. Yeah. So I should I should clarify. There's three businesses that we still believe require deep specialization: okay. <laughs> beauty, yeah, fine jewelry, and uh, furniture. Okay. The whole rest of the story, you could have been working in men's Levi forever as an expert, and now you're in women's dresses. Got it. For sure. So how how did the education of that part work? Was that, did you like a, make a module program? Yeah, we did, we did a bunch of things. So okay. we did um, computer-based training, so okay. module training on merchandising. Okay. We did product knowledge seminars of, of how we're constantly educating. And, and I think maybe the biggest thing is it can't be a point in time. It has to be all the time. We did a lot of training the trainer, teach the teacher. And, and so we've built prototypes around the country. We bring the teams in, we teach them, they go back, they do it in their store, they come back again the next month and they go to the next category. And so um, we've done a lot of hands-on teaching and training to supplement the work that we've done on computer-based module training. And then we've reimagined the way we do a lot of the computer-based training. Um, it is much more small, short-form video that is very different than kind of what a playbook might've looked like in the past, um, so that we're, we're giving colleagues enough information to be able to meet what the customer is gonna ask them about in that area and learn it, and then move on to the next one. And then the more that you kind of keep going around that circle, you start to build capacity and, and real capability in it. Got it. And you mentioned that front of the house. How did back of the house change? Yeah, so similarly, right? So you might have in the past just always worked on the dock. Got it. And today you work on the dock, you do fulfillment, you are also merchandising, you're taking the, the um, uh, markdowns on uh, managing stock rooms. 
those are much broader spectrums of, of work that you're now doing than maybe you did before. And again, a similar like giving colleagues lots of growth opportunity, giving us as operators lots more flexibility and being able to meet the demands of the business. Got it. Um, can you do you have any results or just like feedback that since you've been doing this a year, how has that changed the operation side? Yeah, I, uh, really well. I mean, I, I without sharing the exact metrics, we have significant increase in our operating metrics and we track lots and lots of different stuff to know how well we're running a store. Mm -hmm. But I would say on the whole, significantly better than where we were a year ago or any time before that. Got so it. that bar continues to get higher. We'll keep raising it because that's what the customer is expecting from us. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned before, which you talked a lot about the off mall. Yeah. I know that that's a really big emphasis for Macy's sure. right now. So how are you... What is the thought with Off Mall? You mentioned how they're, they're designed differently. Do you think of them, given that that's your role, is thinking about the stores as wholly different from the mall locations, or like how are you thinking yeah. about them? I do think of them wholly different. Um, two thirds of retail in America, in the categories in which we sell, happens Off Mall. Yeah. So that is not to diminish the mall importance. But the customer shops at the different level of frequency in a in a power center. Yeah. You know, they are in a grocery store and, and a much more regular level. So it was important for us to figure out how we could also, again, back to like discovery. If you're not always coming to the mall, how am I bringing the product to you? Mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of the impetus of, of what got us into our Market by Macy's initiative. So there's eight stores out there today. We'll open four more this year. But we imagine a, a path that, that we can meet a lot of customer demand that's out there. So the assortment is curated from a main box. So think about a mall-based store is a couple hundred thousand square feet. These are 35 to 40,000 square feet. So maybe 20% the size. So it's best of. It's much more driven by apparel. Mm -hmm. um, it is a more highly penetrated female customer than, than we have um, in, in the mall. Um, still has beauty. That's a really important part of it. Um, but so category differentiation is, is a little different than what you see in, uh, in a mall base, but it is really a highly curated best of, um, and then nuanced for the local market, making sure that we understand the customer in each of the places that we open so that we're giving them right sizing, right color, right brands outside of, or inside of the menu of offerings that offerings that we have across the, the total brand. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. During your session this morning, you mentioned something that I thought was really fascinating, and I wanted you to go a little bit more into it, where you said that uh, with the new uh, operating format, uh, stores have, I guess you could say, gen more general autonomy. Yeah. Uh, how does that work? Like, what does that mean? How does that manifest? Yeah, so different than off-mall, but yeah. I, if I talk about it in the the aggregate, yeah. so you heard me say this morning, you know, we've one of the big changes that we came out of early 2020 and actually we said it in February of 2020 before the pandemic, that yeah. said, we're going to put much more of the responsibility of running a store on a CEO of the store, the store manager, and started to call the store manager the CEO of the store. That has wildly accelerated coming post-pandemic. Yeah. Um, and said, like, really walk the walk. We have amazing store leaders that understand their customer and understand their colleague much more deeply than anybody in any central function is going to know. And so if that's true, and we we changed a lot of the company and, and restructures as you came through the pandemic, that took a lot of that regional support out of the mix. And so now you really have a store manager 
that not only do they own full P&L responsibility for the store, but they are the teachers and the trainers of all of their colleagues. They are the hiring uh, team. They are the supply team. They run warehouses because we do a quarter of the overall digital businesses fulfilled from a store. The, the responsibility of what a store manager does today is very, very significant. They really are running a company inside of their box. And so we've made really meaningful changes to say, if you know it that well, we're gonna give you some guiding parameters and then you decide how to do it best for your store. And you've found that this has has worked out? Super successful. I, it's incredibly empowering for the, the leader to know that the things that they see and they want to do something about that they can. So there's guide rails to the things that, that we manage. We have tremendous amounts of reporting to support them and help them find the answers to the questions that they're wrestling with. Um, and we've made huge investments and in, in, in strides in our analytics to, to guide a lot of that. But a lot of it really sits with the store leader at the end of the day to say, this is what I know is best for my store. And so this is what we're going to do. Got it, got uh, it. So that's a big change from where we were before. Absolutely. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk a little about um, in-store tech. Okay. So what what are some of the what's what are some of the programs that you're thinking about? Do you is tech a really big focus for how you think about you know reinvigorating stores? Massive. So I, I what mean, are you using? Gigantic investments in 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 technology. I mean on on every front. So I think about tech in a few different areas. So first, some of the things like foundational tech. So how do I give you tools that make you make you able to do your job better, faster. So, and those are like the the operating parts of taking markdowns, shipping product, like handheld tools that are really uh, intuitive. They're much more visual than they were before. They operate faster. They've got efficiencies in them, and they have tracking behind them to know what works happening, so that leaders can understand how am I doing mm -hmm. versus I just got the task done at the end of the day. There's now more analytics to say, here's how I was doing it. So we have investments in, in things like that. Mobile checkout, being able to use a, a handheld to be able to line bust and, and make it from a customer perspective easier to do. Those are new. I think about the second is around communication. You know, how do I communicate more effectively? And so we've launched in a couple of years ago and now have fully deployed Theatro, which is an in-ear voice-activated communication tool. So you got a little thing on your belt. You've got the opportunity to, to talk to anybody in the store at any point in time, either individually or in mail groups, all voice-activated. Again, allows you to cover a lot of territory. It allows you to celebrate, do recognition in different ways. It's allowed for the store leadership to bring messages to their teams about priorities for the day, priorities for the week. Much, much more efficient communication through that tool. Um, then I think about it in the context of product. So one of the, the bigger investments that we've made is in bringing IBM Watson mm -hmm. as the engine behind product. And so that serves us if you're on our website today and you ask our website a product question in the search bar, IBM Watson is answering that. But also if you call one of our call centers um, around the globe and, and our agents that are looking for information to support you, they're calling on IBM Watson also. So pretty significant shift that's evolving and continuing to be product experts. The way we're going to give product expertise to our colleagues is through technology. And so we think that's a really big part of this. So and then it, oh, no, I would just say the last one is like really customer facing. And so like what's some interesting technologies that we think really matter? So augmented reality and beauty. How do you sit in front of an AR mirror and be able to try on different makeup without having to put it all on your face? In the furniture world, both 
augmented reality and virtual reality as part of room designer. Design the room, be able to drag and drop the, the products into a room, be able to put on the goggles or see it in AR to know that it's going to fit, know what it looks like. Those are highly considered purchases, and you want to give confidence that it's going to look right and fit right when you're making a big purchase. So I think about them in those buckets, and there's more in each of those buckets, but those kind of the ways that I'm thinking about technology investments. I want to dive into a couple of things. One, okay. uh, the, the IBM Watson, I want to ask you about that. So this might be a stupid question, but it was hit me. But like, is pretty much IBM Watson you, the, what what other retailers are trying to do with ChatGPT? Yeah, right now? essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, kind of at its core. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a machine learning yeah. tool that is digesting enormous amounts of, of material and trying to provide relevant responses to the questions that you ask it. And it's constantly learning. Yeah. So for sure. So it sounds like you were ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It has really <laughs> accelerated in the last couple of weeks, for sure, uh, on the scene. But but this has always been our vision of of being able to to give really good product insight. Um, on the AR front, it's something I'm always I always try to ask executives like you because I find like it's being used more and more. I've found it kind of glitchy at times. Do you find in the analytics in terms of customers when they do integrate with AR, like say on the beauty front, they are more likely to purchase? Definitely. Hundred percent. Okay. You can. You can't use it everywhere. Yeah. Right? You have to. You have to make sure that the place that you're introducing customer-facing technology actually really makes the shopping experience better. Mm -hmm. There's lots of technology that is shiny but doesn't. That one like is really practical and it works well in beauty. And I un, I want to understand what different shades of, of lipstick look like. I want to understand what different foundations are going to look like. And so um, as we build the the base of insight in inside of it um, to help you, we can see conversion really dramatic. On furniture side, it is super clear. Really? Super, super clear. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, furniture at the end of the day, it's always very hard to visualize. Mm -hmm. Is it going to fit? And what's it going to look like in this room? And now I can. And it's it's incredibly compelling. So what you see is major increase in basket size when you use it and massive decrease in returns. Yeah. Massive. Are you doing anything beyond using AR to like work on returns? I know that that's on everyone's mind right now. Or is there anything you're thinking about specifically when it comes in to returns? In the return space? Yeah. yeah we, have a, we have a lot of teams that are, are focused on returns on many, many different fronts. Yeah. Um, you know, how do we make it easier? How do we optimize it? How do we understand product disposition? So there's a lot of work that happens on that front. It's a, it's a part, big part of the shopping journey. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're, you just have to accept that that's going to be part of it and figure out how to do it well and, and what ways you can incent behavior to, to keep shopping with you and be a return customer. Got it. Our return customers are super valuable to us. Makes sense. Uh, can you talk a little about um, sort of how like the e-com experience integrates with what you're thinking about with the stores? Are, are yeah. there any new programs you've been working on with that? Yeah, I think what, what I would share is, you know, coming through the pandemic, one of the major changes we made from a mind share perspective was there is not a store customer and a Macy's.com customer. Mm. In this market, there's a Macy's customer. And, and sometimes they use their store and sometimes they use their, their online and it's very situational for, and, and so we made a big change to the store population said, you are in charge of customer experience for all the customers that are in your market. Yeah. And that means that you have accountability to the store business and the digital business. And we're able to segment the digital business by, by market and say, you're responsible for it. You, you are on the hook for taking care of the customer in your market. That's what's going to build market share. That's what's going to build repeat client uh, base. And so that's a major change. We brought in then technology tools 
that gave you uh, insight in a store that says, here's what your online customer in your market is searching for. And so that you've got some awareness now to know like, this is important to my customer in this market. What am I gonna do about it? How do I coach and sell into that product when they come in? How do I make sure that I've got it displayed appropriately? So we continue to put more tools into the hands of our in-store colleagues that help them understand the full portfolio of what a customer's doing in their market. And that's a pretty big change. Got it. Can you talk a little about, because I know that you you have personal stylists within the stores. Do you yeah. also have a personal, like how does that work on the digital side yeah, of things? Yeah, we do. So we're uh, we're in still pilot phase. We're a year into a, a pilot program. But, um, but right now, no different than if you were to walk into a store and say, I'd like to talk to a stylist. On our website, there's a stylist widget that will pop up um, and ask you if you want to speak to a stylist. If you click yes, the technology on the back end is, is sending that to a store colleague that has made themselves available for that okay. conversation. Um, and so we've got a few thousand folks that are, are part of that today. And, um, and the interaction is incredibly positive, uh, allows you to build a relationship, allows you to build a storefront. Now, from a colleague perspective that was only serving the customers in their store, they now get to serve a, a broader population. But the digital customer wants the same kind of styling help that an in-store customer wants. Mm -hmm. It's the same customer, just in a different platform for the day. And so the more that, that we bring um, those kind of tools together, the better. So again, a year into it, but, um, but seeing really good things on the conversion side, on the AOV front. So um, it's been very positive. You think you're going to deploy that further or and are you does it require a certain type of training for the in-store associates? It does. It definitely requires it requires the right kind of in-store associate and it requires some training. So, um, you know, we're 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 excited about what we see so far, but we're going to keep uh keep learning. Got it. Got it. Um I wanted to zoom out and talk a little bit more about just the event cuz we're at Shop Talk. What is what is this type of event to you? Does this play the same role now that it did say in 2019 before the pandemic? I'm like, do you think it's still the same business where you, you come in, you have meetings, you talk to people like me and then you leave or what yeah. are you talking thinking about? I, I think maybe my observation of Shop Talk of one of the the biggest changes, it has become a much bigger networking event. Yeah. I think that shift from just having access to new stuff, walking a show, seeing the boots, obviously that's still a really important part, but I, I think actually it, it's become a much bigger networking event. So uh, certainly we have a lot of my team here. Um, they are playing that role. Mine is a little bit different in, uh, in this visit uh, of really just getting a chance to, to speak and meet some folks. But um, but I think, it's a, I think it's a really powerful community of folks that are trying to understand the, the broad retail landscape and, and the intersection of retail and tech is Pretty compelling. Got it. We're just about running out of time, but I wanted to talk about uh, or just ask you about what you're focused on for the year. What are you thinking about in terms of what you want to accomplish? What are some things we might see on the horizon when it comes to store evolution for Macy's? Yeah, probably the two things that I'd share. I'm a big focus on talent development. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, we've talked a lot about it in, in colleague today. They're such the most valuable asset that we have. If I think about how do I create a differentiated customer experience in our store, it is going to come down to how my colleagues can deliver it. Um, and so not only am I focused on the tools for them, like we spoke about earlier, but it's really about actually their development, their training, their feedback. Um, and so we've made a lot of strides and, and that will be a major, major focus of ours over the course of the year. And then, then the other side of kind of format, as we mentioned, I'm excited about the growth vector of Offmall. So if you heard our, our CEO or CFO talking yeah. in our earnings call recently about our five growth vectors, Offmall is one of them. And so, uh, as I mentioned, we have eight market by Macy's, we have two Bloomies, 
We'll open four more market by Macy's and one more Bloomies this year. And um, and then we'll start our work on uh, on 24 and beyond. So um, excited to keep building uh, that model and, and trying to find our, our way to success there. So um, super excited about that. Amazing. Well, Mark, this has been a great conversation. Terrific. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.